Do you know anything about the Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot? I don't because despite everything about my personality that says I should love Epcot, I've actually never been to Okay. Epcot. That's a travesty. Yeah. Um, and you still have time this year. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. You're not dead yet, <laughs> but also they do this every year. Okay. Um, so Epcot at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. I'm not doing an ad for Disney, but that's what it sounds like <laughs> But now. if they wanted to. If they wanted to, <laughs> my email is podcast at bookshelfthomasville.com. No, um, I went to Epcot last weekend with my parents and my aunt and my brother and Kelsey, which was a lot of fun. But it was... All adults? All adults. Okay. Yep. Um, and so Epcot is kind of the Disney park for adults because mm-hmm. there are not very many rides. Okay. Pretty much everything is educational. Oh, this is my and favorite. It's centered around food and drink. Okay. Um, every place has like restaurants in it. Okay. And especially during the Flower and Garden Festival in the spring and the Food and Wine Festival in the fall. I've heard about food and wine. They have specialty like kiosks that are there for like two months. Okay. That have... Um, Country-specific cuisine okay. and beverages, um, alcoholic and non. Okay. This was a revelation to me. <laughs> I've been to Disney World dozens of times in my life. Right. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it, but right. it's not my favorite thing to do. It now is. Okay. The Game Epcot changer. Flower and Garden Festival is everything I've ever wanted at okay. a theme park. Okay. Because it's like... Here's a bunch of beautiful flowers, mm-hmm. topiaries, all kinds of Disney characters made out of flowers, beautiful flower arrangements everywhere. Okay. Crops. Oh. They have just crops planted and growing in the park. Do they grow food in Epcot? Sugarcane, corn, eggplants, all kinds of stuff. You know what? I do think they grow food in Epcot. They do. Because, yeah, I took a tour of Universal. Okay. And the girl who was giving us our tour was like an agricultural yeah. student. Who had come from Epcot. Interesting. I so about that. to be fair, they don't like grow the food that they serve in the park. Right. They serve like or they grow like a nominal amount of mm-hmm. like things to say, hey, look at farming. Right. But it was really cool. Yeah. And you know, I was with my parents and so they bought the food, which was better, because you would end up spending ten bucks at every kiosk. And yeah. if you wanted to like do several of them, it'll set you back. Yeah. It's Disney. Yes. But it was incredible. So what kind of food? Like what kind of countries? Okay, so the first stop that we made was in England, um, or the UK specifically, or more specifically, less specifically. I don't know how I that do works. know what these words are. <laughs> I have degrees in English and British literature. Good, I'm glad you do. Um, I don't know. I just can't talk today. So I got like this black cherry cider, which was amazing, and they had this like corned beef with some kind of like extra stuff that was very, very good. I also got tacos. I got um, duck confit and gnocchi with this, like, oh. essentially like a frozen cosmopolitan. Oh. <laughs> excellent. Um, Can you walk said, around with all this oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh. Carne asada. You're supposed to. They give you, like, a little thing. Um, I had, like, a, a pretzel sandwich. I love pretzel bread. I don't know how much we've, if we've ever talked about how much I love pretzel bread. Okay. Pretzel rolls. Done. Forget it. <laughs> um, but it was, like, black forest ham and I forget what kind of cheese, maybe Gruyere. And something else, like, on this pretzel roll. And, oh, ugh, divine. Delicious. Everything about it. Everything I had was amazing. Okay. And well, it's, like, 16 or 20 little kiosks throughout the park. I think we stopped at, like, 10 of them. Okay. Um, and split everything. That was great. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It was so cool. People have been telling me for years to go to Epcot because 
Disney is kind of lost on me. Yeah. I think like as a kid, it's cool, right. but I'm not an adult right. Disney fan. I know lots of people are like we have friends. And that's who great. Like, yeah. yeah. We have friends who went on their honeymoon to yeah. Disney. That's not my thing. Right. Uh, Nor really like, mine. Yeah. But, but Epcot, Epcot during these festivals. Okay. I'm a fan. All right. Welcome to episode 171 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I made myself very hungry. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. So I wanted to talk about the Flower and Garden Festival up front, um, because today we're going to be talking about kind of travel and destinations. And Epcot is interesting because it like makes you think you're traveling when really you've just gone to a theme park. Yeah. But it's like you're going around the world. Yeah. You can start in Canada and then end up in Mexico. That's and like, fun. Those are our neighbors. <laughs> um, but on, along the way, you're going to Morocco and France yeah. and the UK and Which Germany. is cool because we is. can't all do all of those things. No, I, I can't. Right. <laughs> um, and so like spend a day in Epcot. I know it's not the same thing as actually traveling. Right. But it's fun. Yeah. scratches that itch exactly as it were as it were um but you can also just kind of travel close to home yeah those things are fun too they are and that's how i grew up i mean we may have talked about this on the podcast before but um despite growing up relatively near disney world Mm -hmm. and having grandparents who lived in orlando closer yeah we did disney um twice as kids like that's it um and my family is not really a theme park family. Mm -hmm. And Jordan and I have had this conversation a lot because he grew up going to Six Flags and they did all that. My family, my mom doesn't ride rides. Mm -hmm. My dad and I would because Chet, my brother, didn't really either. But that's just not how my family preferred to travel. My family um, did a lot of driving trips and a lot of nature and national park trips. So Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of grew up. You know what? I don't regret it. Uh, So, but like... My mom did not fly, and so we, I remember, rented a minivan and drove to Colorado one summer. Like, Goodness. Yeah, like, it was intense. Yeah. But happy, like, I have very happy memories, and as a result, as an adult, I do not mind being in the car for long periods of time. I, unlike a lot of people, I think, can read in the car. Mm-hmm. Some people, I think, get a little sick. I get sick. Yeah, so I I think I just grew up doing that. So, um, so recently... Jordan and I, I guess not recently, back in November, we celebrated our ninth wedding anniversary. And I can't remember what the thing, we follow the theme. So I don't know what nine was for. But the gift he gave me was this trip um, to celebrate like the Southern Literary Tour Uh or the Southern Literary Trail, which is it's a tour of mm-hmm. of stops. Like you can it's we're self-guided. Look, yeah, we're looking at this brochure right now. Like it's Alabama, Georgia, and what is it, Mississippi? Mississippi. Um, and it's different cities in those states where different Southern authors mm-hmm. were born, their childhood homes, that kind of thing. Um, but the Southern Literary Trail, lest you be confused, is not marked. Right. Like there aren't signs right. anywhere saying this like, is a Southern Literary Trail. Like I said, this is self-guided. Yes. This is kind of... It is it is a series of places and stops that are curated by, I think, the Mississippi State University Libraries. Yeah. Um, but that is not like... 
a real thing. No. So, like, <laughs> unlike, for example, Jordan and I have, um, which I totally think you and Kelsey should do it. I recommend it for everyone. Um, we have our National Parks passport. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah, get that's stamps really cool. wherever we go. And I love passports. Okay. Well, so we love that kind of thing. This is not that. Meaning, you don't You're, go to these yeah. places and see signage anywhere. It's like Southern Literary Trail. Right. Like, here's some information. By the way, if someone wanted to hire me... To help them make this possible, I would do that because I think it's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I can do that on the side, but because I kept thinking, and this is being an INTJ for sure, I kept thinking, oh, but this could be so much better. Right. Like because the whole premise is there. Like the Mississippi State University libraries have done their due diligence. They just need like signage and maybe cool t-shirts or like they need some swag or something mm-hmm. um, to help signify like this is something on the stop. Like this is a stop on the Southern Literary Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what Jordan gifted me. Um, fast forward, because we did not get to take the trip in November. Right, you we, did it like two weeks ago. Yeah, we did it in April, uh, which is how we do things now because of the bookstore. Um, and I will tell you that I had moments of wish I was one of those people who just vacationed in, say, Hawaii. (laughs) Um, Because it is different. Like, vacations where you go to the beach or where you go to Italy and eat gelato or go to France and eat whatever French people eat. Like, that's very different. Cheese. (laughs) That's very different from getting in your car and driving from nowhere Mm -hmm. Alabama to nowhere Georgia to nowhere Mississippi. Um, And I, and I'm not saying that. hopefully not in that order. Right. (laughs) No. Um, But I'm not, and I'm not saying that like to put down. No. But in the South, it's not like I assume the Northeast is and Jordan and I have traveled in the Northeast. Everything feels a lot closer there. So here you're driving for hours and there is nothing in between some of these cities, right. which really does make you think about Southern authors and Southern writers. And I firmly believe these authors, the land like gave them their talent because there was nothing else to do. There's nothing in these towns. Everything's a lot more spread out. It's so spread out. And don't get me wrong. It is beautiful. But like at one point we were driving, I guess, from Thomasville, which is admittedly rather in the middle of of not much. Yep. There's we are not on the interstate here. Um, we drove from Thomasville to Monroeville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. That was our first stop. Um, it's where Harper Lee was born. We, and Truman Capote. And Truman Capote. I got thoughts. Uh, so <laughs> so we drove there, and once we hit Dothan, there was nothing. Yep. From Dothan to Monroeville. So talk about hangry. We talked about being hangry on the last episode. Uh, there was nothing to eat. We had to eat at a barbecue joint set beside a gas station. Good. Which was, by the way, real good. That's also literally the setting of A Good Man is Hard to Find. Yeah, yes. They eat at the barbecue place attached to the gas station. Because there is nothing. And then they all get murdered. <laughs> also possible. Uh-huh. Like, the other thing I kept thinking of, she is not a, um, per- perhaps not considered a classic Southern writer, but in one of her books, Jocelyn Jackson, um, there is a dead character who is buried in kudzu because he will never be found and we drove through so much kudzu and i just kept thinking oh the stories this kudzu could tell like who knows what's in there and if you're not from the south kudzu is this (laughs) invasive vine that grows over everything it doesn't stop it doesn't like i don't i don't think you can kill it no like (laughs) like you really can't like people have to like slash and burn their way yeah but it like destroys all of our 
natural You know stuff. what else? I mean, we can get... I want to talk about the literary trail specifically, but while we were driving through these just kind of giant swaths of nothing, um, I did look at Jordan and I said, Southerners will be the only people to survive the apocalypse <laughs> because we're already living in it. And that's essentially the plot of The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. And, but it totally makes sense to me now. Um, and I know like there's a lot of stereotypes about Southerners mm-hmm. and Southern culture, yep. but when you're driving through these tiny towns, you're realizing, first of all, these towns have already survived a lot. A lot. Like, and sometimes just barely. Yes, but they're surviving. They're not. I'm not saying they're thriving. Right. But they have survived um, for decades uh, with maybe a downward spiraling economy. Like, mm-hmm. because industry has changed and is changing, and agriculture is changed. That's a huge part of the South yeah. and, and the South's economy. It is fascinating. So you're just driving through, and I just kept thinking. Well, we will survive it all, like because because already southerners southerners in their land, it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. So anyway, so there are several stops on the Southern Literary Trail. Jordan and I immediately knew we were not going to hit obviously all of them right. on one road well, trip. Well, and like a lot of its authors that. I've never heard of. Yeah. I I don't know who half of these people are. So we looked at the list, and Jordan and I are used to big road trips. Like, Jordan takes pictures of county courthouses. So we have done the entire state of Florida, every county. Mm -hmm. And we tackled a lot of that bottom half of the state in one road trip. So this is, like, how we roll. So we looked at this list, and we were like, okay, I wanted to see Eudora Welty, uh, Tennessee Williams, William Faulkner, uh, and Harper Lee. Mm-hmm. I'm saving Flannery O'Connor because mm-hmm. I have been to her. We have been to some of these places already. So Flannery O'Connor has a home in Savannah where mm-hmm. she was born. Um, I've been there. It is a wonderful tour that I highly recommend. Um, but I've not been to Milledgeville. And Milledgeville, her home in Milledgeville, just got became acquired by the local university, I want to oh, say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of redoing some of that. So I'm waiting on that until they kind of finish or at least figure out kind of what they want to do with her homestead. That's where she raised her peacocks yep. and stuff. Um, when I lived in Montgomery, Alabama, while I was going to college, that is where F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald lived. Yep. Guys, that house is fascinating. And when I was in college, I would just drive there and park and just look at it. Yeah. Is that creepy? No, um, not at all. I just was obsessed with it. I would have done it. the same. I was just obsessed with it. And so I took the tour when I was in college, but there was always an apartment upstairs and I just wanted so badly for it to be to, for rent because I just was like, this is where I'm going to live. It was like my dream. <laughs> well, recently I saw they have turned it into an Airbnb. Of course they did. So guys, you can rent. Oh, and that thing's booked yeah, months in advance. You can rent um, the the top part of F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald's home in Montgomery. You've got to go. Like I haven't stayed in it, but it's it's a goal. That sounds so cool. It sounds so cool. I want to do that. You, you guys should do it. Um. So and where it is in Montgomery. So where I went to school in Montgomery is, in my humble opinion, the ugliest part of Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. Um. But where F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald's home is is in like this old Cloverdale part. It's where Huntingdon College is. Mm. Um. Way prettier, God bless Faulkner University, but way better than Faulkner um, in terms of aesthetics. And so, Found by people who care about aesthetics, yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh, so, you've got to go see F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald's house and stay there if you can. So, those are some spots on the trail we'd already visited. Cool. Um, and everybody should go to Savannah, even if it's not to see Flannery's house. I've never been. 
I know. Chris. I've got like two years left. It's your Epcot. In this place. <laughs> and so I need to go to Savannah. It's, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, no, I will. Oh, it's so fun. We Jordan and I were just talking about places we think we could live, not just dream about living. Mm-hmm. So like I have dreamed my whole life of living in New York City. I don't know how practical that is anymore. It's not. Uh, don't tell me that. One day. Um, Talk to Olivia. <laughs> but I think... Savannah is on my list. Like, I think that's a place where I could happily live mm-hmm. um, and enjoy it. So, um, Savannah is We're going to get a million emails about why you're leaving Thomasville. <laughs> I'm not leaving Thomasville. Um, but we do, you know, Jordan and I love to daydream. We, we talk. Doesn't we everybody? Yeah. Um, okay. So, we go, to, we go to Monroeville, Alabama. There is nothing in Monroeville. So, if you're going right. to the Southern Literary Trail, I don't mean to be ugly about this, but I mean... There's like a Best Western, mm-hmm. but there's not a hotel. Or right. I mean, there's not a bed and breakfast. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. So we stayed at a bed and breakfast in, I learned, Beatriz. So it's not Beatrice, Alabama, okay. or Beatrice. Beatrice. It's, I think they pronounce it, Beat. oh God, it's so hard. Beatrice. Southern, guys, I'm from Tallahassee, and but the Southern verbiage. Uh, Cairo. I, I can't do we're, it. We're right above Cairo, Georgia. I can't do it. Named after Cairo, Egypt. Yeah, so I think it's Beatrice. Whatever. It's an adorable bed and breakfast. Um, the breakfast was fantastic. Um, it's the only bed and breakfast in Beatrice, so okay. Chris will link to it. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll find it. It's adorable. Um, fantastic breakfast, and we stayed there, and they're... Monroeville puts on the production of To Kill a Mockingbird every mm-hmm. spring. So I think they do it through the weekends of April and May. So if you're going to go to Monroeville, I really think if you're going to hit the Southern Literary Trail, you need to do it in April, May. And I say that because they have they have demolished Harper Lee's home. Right. <laughs> so. And now it's a milkshake shack. And now it's a milkshake shack. Not a shake Not shack, a shake guys. Shack. <laughs> Don't get but your a shack out. where they sell milkshake. <laughs> um, sell milkshakes. Look. Here's the thing, and this is why I am grateful for a place like Thomasville. Sometimes towns don't realize what they have until it's too late. And so Flannery, uh, not Flannery Connor, I'm sorry, Harper Lee was famous upon immediate publication of To Kill a Mockingbird. In 1961. In 1961. 60? 60, I think. Anyway, they could have preserved her home from that point. And they didn't. Yeah. And I and that's, think that's a... Oh. That's terrible. It's a tragedy. It is truly a tragedy. Okay. So basically what I'm saying is go to Monroeville when you can go see the play of okay. To Kill a Mockingbird. It's delightful. The community puts it on. Um, we have a future episode, I think, that's going to talk about maybe the ins and outs of this town mm-hmm. and, and Harper Lee and kind of some of the mystique. Um, but the play is worth seeing. Um we got general admission seats. That's what I recommend. You don't need you don't need the you don't need the VIP. Uh, so <laughs> the first half of the play takes place outside, and then they move you into the courtroom for, for the, the second. second. Yep. It's amazing. Um, the other thing I would recommend you do in Monroeville is there's a walking tour, and so it's self guided. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan and I love that kind of stuff. So we went. It's a long walk, but we did it, no problem, and it was hot and fine. Um, but it takes you to Flannery O'Connor's. Home, mm-hmm. Of course, there is nothing there. Like, I mean, right. but the Shake Shack, including there's no signage right. because it's publicly owned, privately owned land. Right. So like they don't even have a historic marker there, Ugh. which I, I don't have words for. So next door is just land with the rocks that were the foundation of Truman Capote's childhood mm-hmm. home because that, of course, also was demolished because... Of course. Sure. Uh, but at least there is a historic marker at Truman Capote's house. So um, you can kind of, I did sit on Truman Capote's 
rocks. stoop, yeah, rocks, and think about these two amazingly talented Southern writers growing up next door who, to each other. And, and who came out of nothing, nowhere. Yeah. Nothing. Um, and so, anyway... And and there is a, there are good restaurants in Monroeville. We had very good meals there. We spent two nights in Beatrice. Mm-hmm. I think you could do it in one. Um, but we are nerdy and like yeah. to explore, and so that was fine. We drove to the Catfish Shack. I think that is the name of it, where Harper Lee spent a lot of her adult years hanging out eating catfish. Sure. Uh, look, I got a lot of respect for Harper Lee and her eating habits. Um, but anyway. Monroeville is worth your time, but go in April or May uh, and make, I think it's an overnight trip, really fun. Uh, From there, we drove to Oxford, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Oxford, Mississippi. Mecca. Yeah. And look, of the cities on this list, I guess Monroeville, I'm sorry, Montgomery, Mobile, Savannah. Mm -hmm. And then I would put Oxford and Jackson on that list. Otherwise, these are very small towns. Very small towns, but these are all small cities. Yes. So Oxford is about the size of Thomasville plus a university. Yeah. A major university. So Oxford is beautiful. Like I, it's in the, again, in the middle of, there's not a lot in Mississippi. If you're a Mississippi listener, that's nothing against Mississippi. You're just driving through a lot of nothing. Um, but Ole Miss is a beautiful campus. Um, I cannot get over Ole Miss is like actually what everyone the, calls yeah. it. Like that it like that's the name everywhere. Yeah. It's bonkers it's to weird. me. It's <laughs> so weird. I got thoughts. Yeah. So anyway, so um that being said, the downtown is on a square and there is Square Books, mm-hmm. which is like the bookstore, you're right, Mecca. I think it's where Southern Yeah. And I think I know starts. four or five people who have worked there. Yeah. Like just that I know from around. Yeah. Um, I will say I have a list of like favorite bookstores. I also have a list of bookstores I'm dying to visit. Square Books was one of the ones I wanted to visit, and it did not disappoint. Mm. Um, I've got lots of opinions and thoughts on other bookstores throughout um, the country, most of which are positive because independent bookstores are fantastic because they're also different mm-hmm. and so quirky. So weird. Uh, but but Square Books, you understand why it's like the I Ching of indie yeah. bookstores. Um, now there is Square Books, Square Books Junior, and Off the Square, <laughs> which are three different locations on the square in Oxford, Mississippi. Square Books was my favorite, uh, the original. Um, it is a two and a half story bookstore uh, with a, there's like a coffee shop, but it's not, it doesn't feel like it's taking away mm-hmm. from um, the bookstore atmosphere. They've got just incredible um, inventory, like really fantastically curated collections. Um, it is, I think it has topped Sundog Books as my favorite bookstore oh, I've ever wow. been to. Yeah, it's fantastic. So Square Books is worth all the hype and praise. And I am very pleased to say, so we got there on a Sunday night. The food in Oxford is fantastic. Uh, I highly recommend Ajax Diner for like legit hometown, like Southern food. Guys, the okra was so good. <laughs> I think they use lemon juice in their okra. Okay. And you should do that from now on. Um, so Ajax Diner was good. We ate at City Grocery, which was like the equivalent of probably a Liam's type of dining okay, experience. Good, nice. Really wonderful. Um, they had, we had a really great sandwich at a local bakery there. So we, the food in Oxford is worth the trip alone. 
Of course, we get uh, ready on Monday to go see Faulkner, William Faulkner's birthplace, which is called Roanoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it is closed on Mondays. So that's right. my Southern Literary Trail tip for you. Don't go on Monday. <laughs> Don't go on Monday. Um, and there's and there are stores and stuff open on Monday. We luckily explored the bookstore. But Roanoke is gorgeous. I cannot believe, I cannot believe there are 18 to 22-year-olds living and experiencing mm-hmm. college life like a few blocks from this gorgeous piece of property that has been beautifully preserved and maintained by Ole Miss, by the University of Mississippi. Um, it's it's amazing. So here's what I love about it. It's a $5 donation, I think, to go into his house. Um, William Faulkner built a ton of the stuff himself. Like, you just realize how totally inadequate we are. Like, and I'm not trying to be ugly, but like, I was bragging myself for installing battery-powered lights under my kitchen counter. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, he, like, built a barn yeah. <laughs> with his bare hands on top of writing Pulitzer-winning literature. It's fine. It's very Ron Swanson. Uh, yeah. No, yes. The, I think William Faulkner, Ernest Hemingway plus Ron Swanson equals William Faulkner. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Please. Yeah, so you walk into the house, which the entrance is lined with cedars that they planted themselves. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, you can see, like, where, what was a labyrinth kind of thing that he allowed to grow over, and he would tell his children ghost stories about there being ghosts in the labyrinth. Good. Um, one thing I really loved was you could see everything has been left just as it was. So he, his daughter upon his death, um, sold, I guess the property to the university of Mississippi and really requested that it be preserved. So like there are all his books, there are his boots in his bedroom. There is his books on his nightstand. It's amazing. That's so cool. It's so cool. Okay, so downstairs, he apparently had a horse riding accident. He was quite the outdoorsman. And that ultimately, I think, led to his death. But so he, they moved his bedroom downstairs, and he was in the process of writing the fable. Mm-hmm. And he was so he loved working so he would open his windows he loved working and feeling like he was writing outside but his papers kept blowing everywhere so he just wrote on the wall so still on the wall you can see the timeline of his book oh goodness it's amazing That's, chris i can't tell you I how mean, cool my it wall was. looks like that with sticky notes <laughs> yeah it's just can you imagine somebody yeah. preserving that it's amazing that's so cool okay so what i'm telling you is Monroeville, you go for the play, mm-hmm. but there's no like author experience right. to, to really experience. You go to Oxford, there's a ton to eat, there's a ton to do, but don't miss Roanoke. It is, I, I'm not even, I'm not even a huge William Faulkner fan, guys. Like, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. And it's not spelled like Virginia, right? Virgin- is it R- Roanoke? No, I'm sorry, it does sound like that, but it's, it's Rowan, Rowan space Oak. oak. I, was um, say, I saw, I've seen it written and yeah. I was like, hmm. he named it that, um, and you could probably figure it out for me, but I think Rowan means, um, silence or tranquility is what I want to say. And so he named it. Mm-hmm. He really wanted, and similarly, really he and Harper Lee and Harper Lee had the utmost respect for William Faulkner. That was something I found fascinating as we traveled. Um, but William Faulkner and Harper Lee both craved their privacy yeah. and they both, these weren't writers who like became famous post-death. Right. These were writers whose work was 
prominent and award-winning while they were alive. Right. And so they really craved their privacy. And so that was what Roanoke was built for. So um, Roanoke took us probably, I would say, two hours to explore and enjoy. Um, but it's also beautiful outside. So like if it's a pretty day, you might take a picnic or something like that. They let um, college students, you can also like park your car at a local art museum and do this hiking trail. It was rainy, so we yeah. didn't do that part. But anyway, it's fantastic. Um, we then drove one day to Columbus mm-hmm. from, so we kind of like made Oxford our home base mm-hmm. and we drove to Columbus, Mississippi. There's not a lot in Columbus, but there is, um, I think it's called the Mississippi women's college and that's where Eudora Welty went. Right. Um, I love college campuses. I'm such a geek. Like I just love driving around college campuses. I don't know. Uh, and so I just wanted to see the college and also there, very weird is Tennessee Williams birthplace. Okay. So Tennessee Williams is the playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, Love. yeah. What a tragic adult life he oh, lived. Yeah. Like really sad, really sad. Um, but so I wasn't sure what we were getting into cause he is somebody like Truman Capote who left, um, his small town kind of Southern upbringing, but this was his birthplace. Mm-hmm. And so he was born in this house. His grandfather was um, like an Episcopalian priest or something. But the Episcopal church has slowly grown in that mm-hmm. town. So they were going to demolish the the priest's home, which mm-hmm. is where Tennessee Williams was born. And luckily, a preservation group like got a hold of it, but they had to move it from the property. Oh, So they've moved Tennessee Williams' home. And this is what I think is really interesting. So when he... There are pictures from when he was born there, and it was painted white. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's not garish or anything, but it's like mustard yellow and green, and it looks very, vi- very different. Yes, mm. so different. And they and the woman who gave us the tour, because she did um, give us a really in-depth tour, um, explained that. But it was still interesting to me that you would know what the original colors of the house were, right? But choose to do choose it differently. To do it differently. They've also combined it into a welcome center. That makes sense. So it's like a welcome center. Mm. Yeah, it's a welcome center plus a museum. It's free. It doesn't feel like a museum, really. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't my favorite spot on the tour. Um, And yet, you can tell this is a town that really is trying to to preserve, which I give it credit for, Mm -hmm. because um, they at least had the had the wherewithal to say, we don't want this house to go anywhere. Yes. Um, so they turned it into a welcome center. Um, the woman who was giving tours that day was extremely knowledgeable. Um, the upstairs of the house you kind of do by yourself and has panels that talk about Tennessee Williams' life. Um, I would have liked a little bit more maybe in-depth information about his life and his upbringing, but, but it gave a nice overview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, all while we're driving, like I'm on Wikipedia, like reading articles to Jordan as we're driving. So it really inspires a lot of great conversation. <laughs> if you're a couple of nerds, which Jordan and I totally are. Um, so we did Columbus, Mississippi. The one place I wish we had gone that we didn't get to was Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. It just goes back to things being so spread apart. Right. So Jackson strikes me as a city we would go to on purpose, kind of mm-hmm. like we did for Oxford, because um, I think there's plenty to do there. Uh, we also I, go. I, I stopped there on the way to Little Rock one time. On ja- to, in Jackson. In Jackson. Okay. And it was like lunchtime, and I don't think I saw a person. Were you in the city? And so I asked my friend who was from Mississippi, like, "Hey, what happened to Jackson?" And yeah. she was like, "Oof." <laughs> bad things. So I wonder, is there downtown vibrant? Because they've got this no. really great bookstore. Did you see Lemuria? Um, I know about it, but I okay. didn't get to go. And I'm, 
I'm, I'm not talking about Jackson right as a as a whole place but the the day I was there it was weird we were there for about two hours and I saw not a single person so our friend Hallie mm-hmm. uh, who owns dot mm-hmm. uh, she is from Jackson and so Hallie if you're listening tell us how tell to us do about Jackson. Jackson um but so Jackson is on my list mostly because that is where Eudora Welty's birthplace is. Mm-hmm. So you can tour her home. They That's have cool. preserved her house. Um, and so I do think that would be at least worth a stop. But it was too far from mm-hmm. Oxford. Oxford is really north Mississippi and Jackson is not. Um, and is that also where Richard Wright is from? Yes. Okay. Um, so basically on this particular trip, we did Tennessee Williams, Eudora Welty, William Faulkner and Harper Lee um, and Truman Capote. And so I felt really good about it. Um, there are a few other places I really want to visit. I didn't realize Carson McCullers was from Columbus, Georgia. That's pretty and Columbus close, is yeah. very close. So like there are things Jordan and I can do in a day trip. Um, but for a couple of nerdy book lovers, um, it's a fun road trip and you can kind of look, I've got a brochure, Chris will yep. link in the show notes, but you can kind of, what Jordan and I did with his courthouses was we just like had a map of Alabama and a map of Florida and we just highlight when we're done. So like we have a Southern literary trail that we just keep in our car and we just cross off when we've done one. So it's not something you have to tackle all in one trip. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you shouldn't. And nor should you, nor do I think it's possible to yeah, honestly. Cause they're all spread out. They're everywhere. so spread out. Um, but I will tell you too, these kinds of things at the risk of like, getting on a soapbox and sounding like a, like a preacher. If we don't support things like this, mm-hmm. they go away. Right. And so when we went to Monroeville, um, the play was fantastic. And I've talked about it on the podcast before, like we just were some of the younger people in the audience. And so you just look around and you just hope, right. I hope people our age and, and young families, yeah. like don't be scared of road trips. And I, I say that with no children, but my parents took young kids in the car constantly yep. without DVD players, guys. Yeah, this and, is the days before. <laughs> and we did okay. Like, we're, we were fine. We're not scarred. I drove, in fact, um, when we were in high school, one of our family vacations was the Natchez Trace, which is this beautiful um, nature trail in throughout Mississippi mm-hmm. that you can kind of drive, almost like driving through the Blue Ridge Mountains or something. Um, and I will say, as a high school teenager, I was a pill, and I think that was a trip that we kind of griped and complained the whole time. And now like Jordan and I drove, um, partly through Natchez as we were doing mm-hmm. some of these literary stops. And I thought, gosh, I'm so glad my dad and mom thought this was important. Yeah. Um, there was a beautiful, I don't, I don't want to brag about the picture. So let me rephrase. There's a beautiful scene in Roanoke that I happened to get a picture of. And I'm so glad I did because I think before I took this trip, I was really in the mood for like, like I think I was on Instagram and I think I kept seeing people like at the beach Mm -hmm. or in Hawaii. And it was like, everybody can afford these out of, out of this world vacation experiences. And Jordan and I are traveling in a tiny rental car, like the back roads of Georgia and Alabama. And I was kind of eye rolly about it, probably a little hangry. And then I, I remember it was day two or three of our trip. We'd had a wonderful time. And I'd snapped this picture out at Roanoke. And I thought, this is beautiful. And I would have missed it. Um, and and I am not, again, I want to state, like, I'm, I know I love books and I own and run a bookstore. But, like, I'm not a huge William Faulkner fan. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's a cool slice of American history that that you need to visit. Yeah. Um, even if you don't consider yourself a literary person or, or somebody 
that's important. Yeah. Um, so this, the Southern Literary Trail, Chris will put all the links in the yep. show notes. Um, and if you've got any questions, um, please don't hesitate. I'm happy to yeah. shoot off an email or... And they've got a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, so you can follow them too. And I think this is kind of the impetus for the episode. We want to use our small platform to encourage people to do this. Yeah. Because if people don't, they go away. They go away. And I, I look at these towns like Monroeville, and I'm sure Monroeville wishes... They had kept Flannery O'Connor's house intact. Like, I'm or sure... Oh, Harper gosh, Lee. Harper Lee. I keep saying that. Connor, all these different things. Well, can I say, because did you know this about Flannery O'Connor? So Flannery O'Connor and Harper Lee are my two favorite Southern mm-hmm. writers. And I was curious what they thought of one another because they came up about mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. So apparently um, Flannery O'Con- O'Connor once said that To Kill a Mockingbird was a lovely book for a children's book. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. And then Harper... Also completely makes sense. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then Harper Lee said, oh yeah, I like Flannery O'Connor's work. Um, it's a little too Catholic for my tastes. Also entirely also makes in character. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, I'm sorry I keep interchanging their names. Um, but anyway, I'm sure Monroeville wishes they'd kept Harper Lee's yeah. birthplace intact. Um, but... But don't hold it against them and go visit and go yeah. go show that there's an interest. Because there is. Because there is. We're at the bottom of the barrel again. Started out strong, but now we're coming up thin. Oh, we Cast her lots with all the devils of sin Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God From the Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrow from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. And you can also find us on our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, where we have free web-only content and a full back catalog of our show. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. Well, it happened outside the bookshelf, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Sure. Because I thought it was funny. Okay. That Jordan and I were out and about in Thomasville, which we are not often together because he works in Tallahassee, whatever. So we go to this event, and the first thing someone says oh, yeah. to me is, is, oh, is this Chris? Like, I'm, like, Chris and no. I are just walking around downtown Thomasville. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> common misconception. We don't, like, hang out. No. Which isn't intentional. Yeah, like, no. Just, like, we, we could. Sure. But I live an hour away. Yeah, and we're both... Super busy. Yeah. Uh, We do like each other. We don't hate each other. But Chris (laughs) is often with Kelsey, Mm -hmm. and I am often with my my husband, Uh whose name is Jordan. Yep. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.